Kraken Fancast, the podcast for Seattle Kraken fans by Seattle Kraken fans. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Kraken Fancast. I'm your host, Chris Porter. I'll be joined momentarily by my colleagues Jim Cockrell and Nathan Gunderson for some Seattle Kraken hockey talk, our favorite. All right, favorite subject. Uh, we'll be going over, as always, uh, some uh, recent game results and analyzing them and also checking on some team news and thoughts and happenings around the NHL as well. For those of you new to our program, Kraken Fancast focuses on all subject matter about the National Hockey League's Seattle Kraken. Share news about the team, analyze their play, and go over some various team-related news. We'll also at times present interviews with people directly involved with the team, as well as those in the fan community. Plus, we at times aim to go into some different subject matter you might not hear on other Kraken-related podcasts. We want to give big thanks to our main sponsor, the Angry Beaver, our buddy Tim Pipes' place, Seattle's number one hockey-themed bar located in the Greenwood neighborhood of Seattle. If you're not going to the Kraken game, catch it at the Angry Beaver. All right, before we start talking about the Kraken, which, of course, we're going to go far in depth on, uh, we want to take a bit of time and send big congrats and best wishes to our very own Jay Middleton, and his wife, Amy, on the birth of Jesse Cooper Middleton, a new addition to the Middleton family, a beautiful, healthy baby boy. And uh, we're very happy for him. So we wish them uh, the best. So we just want to give kudos there. And uh, Jay, get back to work and edit our shows. OK, anyway, <laughs> actually take a break, Jay. I'm sure you're sure you're having, having a hard time, uh, 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 a busy time there, but a joyous one, nevertheless. So big kudos to you, pal. All right. So since our previous episode, we have seen six cracking games. They've won three and lost three in a mix of home and road games. One was a really wild and entertaining one against Boston, and we'll get to that one shortly. But to start the recap, uh, we'll go one by one here to some extent. Uh, The stint started at home against the Detroit Red Wings on February 18th, the first of two recent meetings with that team. Kraken won this first contest in Seattle by the score of 4-2. to two. Jordan Eberle got two goals in that game. Tolvanen and Oleksiak getting the other two. Matty Veneers got two assists in that game. Daniel Sprung got his 100th career point. And Philip Grubauer got the win in goal. It was a solid day in goal for Philip. Uh, it was an important win considering the, the uh, Seattle lost five of the previous six games, guys. So... That was a big win. Detroit's not, you know, the doormats like they had been in recent years. They're not, you know, necessarily a playoff team, but they're they're competitive. So that was a big win. Correct. Uh, as I look at it anymore, especially with the points rate is going, uh, those are must-win games. Anybody that's below us in the standing, we've got to win or even even. Uh, so, yeah, that was – I can't re- quite remember the stats completely on that one. I didn't dive back as far, but um, it was a game uh, – and uh, we just had to take her. So, yeah, it was good to see Maddie again get on it. He was a little dry there for a bit post-injury. Um, uh, so he had a spell there, and it was nice to see him on the board again. And Phil Philip played a good game. Yep. Yeah, we're seeing we're seeing a, a lot more of Grubauer, which we'll touch on in a little bit. We sort of talked about that in the last episode, and a, a little more Grub than Jones these days. And um, sometimes that's good. So, uh keeping on but uh 
couple of days later after that Detroit game, wow. I mean, thinking, you know, maybe they're on a, on a little upswing here, but uh, they went over to San Jose playing against the Sharks. And, um, man, they stunk that night. They just really stunk that night. They lost four to zero. They got 26 shots off. I suppose that's nice, but uh, had nothing to show for it. Martin Jones lost in goal that night. It was, you know, like I said, it was a little surprising to me. They played so, so bad. Um, I, no, no highlights on that, but, you know, you were just saying that, making that point, Jim, about you, you got to win those games against the struggling teams or the teams that are lower in the standings for you. And Santa, it's one thing about if you won or lost against Detroit, Eastern Conference team, you don't see as much, you know, they're more competitive. San Jose's pretty mediocre and I'm being kind losing that game. What happened? Very mediocre, sub mediocre. Um, you know, I, everybody was blowing up on that game after, cause I think we were all banking on a win there before we went in. And if you break it down, that's probably the m- most disappointing loss of the year. I would say, uh, cause we just got smoked in everything. We weren't there. Jones didn't have a very good game. Um, that was kind of the statement of, all right, well, maybe the crease is wide open again. So, you know, it just, it was a horrible game. We needed points there. And a lot of people talked about that one after. So. Yeah. And you're, you're losing to a team, you know, in, in your conference, in your division, that's so tight right now. And we're going to expand on that in a little bit too, but uh, that was, that was ugly. So they really needed to uh, come back in a big way moving forward and uh well they sort of did but not really actually they got they lost another game but this is the wild one i was talking about a little earlier the kraken they you know they had a couple days off after that san jose game you know try to regroup think about what they did bad and uh oh hey no problem you're playing maybe the hottest team actually not maybe totally playing the hottest team in all of the nhl the boston bruins at home and uh, they beat the Bruins earlier in the season, shut them out in Boston. So there's a little confidence level going on there, I would think. Uh, Kraken really needed this, but uh, man, what an entertaining game. If you, whether you were a Bruins fan, whether you were a Kraken fan, or just an NHL fan, just wanting to see a good game, or maybe not even an NHL game, or, you know, excuse me, an NHL fan who just wanted to see a game and you weren't sure what you were in for. Boy, were you going to be entertained. You were going to, that was going to hook you into hockey for sure. Six to five, the Bruins won that. Yeah, six to five. That's, you're thinking maybe this is a sloppy game on both sides. But not really. It, I, despite the score, the, there was just all this back and forth. Obviously, it was mostly an offensive game. But there was some great play in, in all aspects somewhere along the lines, back and forth, back and forth all night. Kraken would go ahead, then the Bruins would go ahead, and then back and forth more. Lots of ob- offense. Jake DeBrusque of the Bruins, for the second year in a row, was the Kraken killer as he scored the winning goal for the Bruins in Seattle, this time scoring it with less than two minutes left in the game. So it was not an OT game. I think some of us were feeling in our bones, okay, here we go again, another OT game. Overtime game happened last year, which the Boston Bruins won. And it was feeling that way, but uh, DeBrusque gets it in just under the wire. Uh, Beneers, Dunn, Alexiak, Gord, and Schwartz all had goals in that game. Um, what a what a fun night. And you were there. I mean, both of us were there, Jim. And Nathan, you were watched it. 
thoughts on that one where do we start uh watching it it was kind of like the oprah winfrey show you get a goal you get a goal you get a point um everything was great about it and like you mentioned you know if you just want to watch a really good game to for whatever team you're rooting for boston you know you guys are boston fans i respect and enjoy watching boston but for those that are kind of new to hockey that you know are kraken fans if you want to watch a really solid from start to finish hockey game if you can try to tune into a boston game because they're just and not just this season because they've got over 100 points now it's they're just so fluid and methodical with everything they do. It's like they're two steps ahead of their opponent all the time in every position in every scenario. And for Kraken fans and everybody else in the NHL right now, it's frustrating. They're such a good team. Uh, yeah, Maddie, 40 seconds into the game, goal, boom. Loved it. Thought, okay, this is going to be a repeat from when they shut them out. They held that lead for a little while until about halfway into the first period. Then they got a goal. Boston. That's okay. Held that. Then you get to the second period and the floodgates for both teams just opened up and it seemed like everything was going in. Not everything were either goaltenders faults. There was a lot of fantastic offensive plays. The defense you would think was lapsing somewhere. If you look at the scoreboard, no, no, there was a lot of really good defense on both sides. Super proud of both teams. Fantastic game to watch. I wish I could have been there. But again, like I say, I had the best seat in the house with uh, no bathroom lines. So, yeah, yeah. bathroom lines are longer than Kraken games. I mean, they're always crowded, but now the Kraken doing well, it's a little extra crowded at the arena for sure. Jim. That's right. Oh, man. So, Chris, as you know, I mean, as everybody knows, Chris and I are big time Bruins fans. Sorry, everybody. Is what it <laughs> but, is. Uh, you don't apologize. That game, the buildup is like Christmas. In fact, that was the buildup for what I call the extended hockey marathon weekend. Uh, we'll get into a little bit of that. But man, what a game. The, the electric energy from the get go. And, you know, going back to the time they played in Boston, the first series, three to nothing shutout by the Kraken, that was a great game. That was, you know, media was all over that. They were building that up to be a big one because both, you know, Kraken had great winning streak going on. Boston was Boston. And that game turned out great, even though it was three zip. You know, it wasn't that dominant, really. Um, but come here, the hype, us, everybody, all, all our friends there for, you know, both pretty much our favorite teams when you get it down to it. Uh, and Maddie scoring 40 seconds in, I didn't know how to handle that, to be honest with you. The place erupted. And I, I was sitting in my other friend's seats, not in our normal seats. And uh, she looked at me like, oh, boy, what are you going to do now? Because, you know, I didn't know whether to stand or sit on that one. And uh, wouldn't you know it? I mean, there was a lot of goal scoring on that night, you know. And people like, you know, Alexiak finally, he got going again. He's got seven on the game. Uh, Gord got going again on the, the one power play and then Schwartz is lighting it up again, starting on that game. Uh, they did give up one shorty in that one to Bergeron. Uh, that was kind of a nice uh, goal there. And it, oh yeah. And the 41 shots by the Kraken. I mean, I think that, you know, against the Bruins, come on, that's pretty impressive. 
That's so, formidable. Absolutely. Against the Bruins team. Exactly. And yeah, I mean, it was weird. And then you had that, that uh, Bjorkstrand Marshan incident with the, the leg lifting and the poking and all that. Yeah, Marshan got <laughs> fined was, on that one. Not no, he did. Lot, he got his but... five grand fine. I know, but like a little uh, that was kind of a silly incident though, but man, what a game. Um, you couldn't, like I said earlier, uh, it just couldn't ask for, if you're going to take somebody who doesn't know anything about hockey and give them the basic rules and have them sit down in a seat and just take it in, in that building that night, they would have been hooked for life. Yeah. You know, if you look at the power plays too, you know, for Boston, oh, for one, what does that tell you? Composure on the opposite uh, the opposing team, you know, not a lot of penalties, that's good because you can't afford to be short against the Boston team. You just can't. And kudos to them for that 18 takeaways. Uh, that's, that's impressive too. That's not a number that you see uh, dominating the other team. And I'll say it to you guys, nanny, nanny, boo, boo, 18 to seven on takeaways, but that's good stuff. I like that a lot. We did get that one power play out of four, um, still need to polish that up a little bit, man. You know, if we could have been 50% on that, I would have been a little bit happier, but it is what it is. We're not a huge power play team. What can I say? Yeah. Well, fantastic game. Seattle put all they could in. It was kind of nice. Boston boy, Matty Beniers getting that first goal. I know what you mean, Jim. I was like, wait a minute. I'm happy, but am I? Wait a minute. <laughs> it's kind of strange to be a Bruins fan and, and a Kraken fan together when they do play. Luckily, they only play twice a year, so we don't have to go through this too much. Uh, maybe the Kraken got a little too spent on that game. Who knows? Because uh, they, they had back-to-back tough teams. Another powerhouse in the Eastern Conference right now are the Toronto Maple Leafs, who the Kraken beat 5-1 to earlier in the year in Toronto. Well, the Leafs sure got their revenge here in Seattle. A uh, couple days later, uh, playing, or actually, was that two? Yeah, two or three days later, playing uh, Toronto on a, a Sunday early game, losing to Toronto 5-1. to one. Like I said, exact score, the Kraken beat the Leafs in there. So uh, it, it was, ugh, I don't know. Toronto had an embarrassing game. Now the Kraken had an embarrassing game. It, not much positive report on this one, uh, like the San Jose game, except uh, Vince Dunn, who's been really solid in recent weeks. Uh, he he started the whole scoring in the first period and it looked like uh, Kraken were going to be rolling a bit. And then Toronto just put their foot down and it was all Toronto the whole rest of the time. Jim, you were at this game, maybe <laughs> that in your, in your hockey you. marathon weekend. Yeah, let me build up to that. So, yeah, so it was a little more special at, the night before, right? Yeah, let me just wrap that up. So, after the Seattle and or and the Bruins, I traveled up to with a bunch of us. We have a yep, we run a I Bruins win. group out here. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we went up to Vancouver to check on the Bruins as we do on our annual trip. Now that COVID's over, we can do that again. And we had about twenty of us, uh, all prearranged. Um, and we saw a great game, and we saw Linus Olmark get the goalie goal, which was really cool to experience live. And uh, wrapped up a great weekend. One ever, ever in the NHL, something like that, Jim. Well, okay, it's thirteenth, but you know, about five of those are what I don't even feel like should be in the category because they're last man touched puck 
situation, which I don't like, you know, anyway, you know, coming home from that, we were on a total high from those back-to-back wins and enjoying a good time. Like we always do. And, um, I remember it was with another four o'clock start against the Maple Leafs at climate pledge. So we had a lot of hockey to do in a short amount of time. And I remember trying to tell you, Chris, to come on, you, you want to go to the game. He didn't have a ticket. I have my other partner had the ticket trapper and I've tried to talk Chris into going to games before and he's gone, but he said, nah, I got too much work to do and stuff. So whatever, you know, Chris, it's a good thing. You didn't go to that game. Cause that yeah. game absolutely sucked. <laughs> so, I mean, I was, I was there just like, all right, man, maybe we can get a triple out of this, you know? So, and it didn't, you know, Dunner got that. And by the way, Dunn was the only decent player that night period. Um, he really was, but that was a very frustrating game. That's the second year in a row. I've seen the Leafs come in and just plaster us to the point where like next year, when we do our season ticket draw, I have want nothing to do with the Leafs by the way. <laughs> so um it was very disappointing. We kind of put a buzzkill on my weekend, actually, after that. But uh, moving How on. How can you be like too buzzed? I mean, seeing a goalie well, goal. I know. Well, I was getting oh, spoiled. Didn't, didn't I just wanted my own much. home. I wanted my home team to win, too, you know. Sure. Anyway, I was hoping for the triple was what I was hoping for, but I no understand. go. But um, you know what? After looking at the least what they've been doing lately, especially on the road, they've been kicking butt. So, you know, they're, 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 a, pow- they're, a, they're a wagon right now. Um, yeah, I got nothing good to say about that other than my only green marks are undone. I, oh, by the way, on the dot that night, we were 29% and Toronto was 71. I don't think we've been outdone like that ever. Oh, that's also when grew got pulled after the third goal or no. Yeah. Third goal, I believe. Um, and Jonesy had to come in and, you know, played all right, played good, safe, but no big deal. They're moving on. They, that game was a wash right away. So, you know. Yeah, so second loss in a row for the Kraken after one win there. And, uh, boy, fortunately, the next two games, they made up for it somewhat. Uh, they hit the road. What's the, I don't have the stats, but it feels like they they win a lot more games on the road than they do at home. I, I think it's by... They, they are. On, but they are. They've been they're on road. that roll road, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Uh, so they hit the road, uh, heading to St. Louis. Uh, first to take on uh, the Blues, and they look good in this one. Uh, it was a solid, competitive game for both teams. Uh, not lopsided, but the Kraken uh, got to run away with it a bit more in the third, uh, and they were victorious by a score of 5-3. to three. Martin Jones getting the win in the goal there. Morgan Geeky with two goals. He had two goals before anyway. And, you know, we see Morgan Geeky winning these skills competitions where there's, like, blistering shot, but the goals he always gets are like right when he's right by the goal. So I'd love to see him just really wind up and get a, get a hard shot in there. It's not usually the case, but we want to get him a goal. want him to get a goal, no matter how he gets, it's fine. Uh, good job geek uh, on that one, two goals on that one. Uh, McCann, Alexia Cantana with the others. Uh, it's always nice to beat Jordan Billington uh, at home in or his home rather in St. Louis. So that was a nice comeback. I agree. Um, it was another must win in the standings type of battle. You know, you got to beat those clubs and they've been struggling all year. Uh, they're not too happy in St. Louis right now. And it was nice to see geeky get those, the, the double there. Um, it felt like it'd been a year since he scored again. 
Um, you know what? And Alexia got on the board again. He was for defenseman. He started, I think he said, uh, was it goal seven or eight? He said his career high. So he's on a little bit of a tear here. Um, I, you know, and Jonesy had a soft, he had a couple softies in there. So yeah, probably should have been a five to two game. He probably won maybe even. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, you know, we've got that battle going on between the two. It's just kind of mediocre stuff, but you know what? Just, just win games and we'll, we'll all shut up about it. <laughs> um, well, I mean, seriously, but, uh, I, it was just nice to win and uh, move on. Cause we, like I said, we need these points. Everybody's within three, four points in that entire West. So. Well, such yeah, a, that, go ahead, Nathan, go ahead. it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's tight. And we've been saying this for weeks, months. It's been tight this entire time. It's probably going to stay that way, but when you have moves that are being made, and I know we'll talk about that here shortly, there are times when I feel like teams are really starting to get stacked. And to see that and still see those teams lose, it's mind-boggling. Why would certain teams make these moves if it's not really helping them? You'd think that when a player goes somewhere, maybe they just needed a new city, you know, and kind of get a few extra help the team get a few extra points. And I haven't been seeing that around the league. Um, but yeah, when you have too many players that are jockeying for the puck, and I've seen this the last couple of games that I've, I've seen, I still feel like the Kraken get a little bit uh, disheveled. You have too many players out of position. Have you guys noticed that at all? Cause I've noticed that quite a bit recently. Absolutely. Uh, going back to that Toronto game was, I mean, it was all happening in front of me for two periods. So yes, I mean, the defensive lapses were heavy. Uh, the neutral, uh, the net coverage was absolutely brutal. I mean, there was traffic in front, not getting taken care of the, the, uh, rebounds were all juicy rebounds everywhere. Um, Toronto's, D team D was just, you know, strangling the neutral ice. You couldn't get anything accomplished. You couldn't get any zone entries. It was just, it was that kind of stuff. It was, it was a very frustrating game to boy. Yeah. So it's exactly what you're talking about, but it, it usually happens obviously in big losses, but uh, yeah, yeah, there was no heart in that game at all, but you're correct. Yeah. Well, Luckily, uh, they get the Blues game, and then they hit over to Detroit. Can they get a sweep? They've got a few sweeps of uh, Eastern Conference teams. And fortunately, they got another one against Detroit. This was a tough one, tougher game than the first time. In Detroit this time, uh, they, was, they had, it seemed, for a good chunk of the game, but Detroit came back, tied it, and so it went to overtime. Uh, they... Uh, Kraken winning that one though in overtime, thanks to an Oliver Bjorkstrand goal score winning five to four. Bjorkstrand actually with two goals in that contest. Jared McCann also with two goals, and Jaden Schwartz with one. Uh, that one, gosh, I was for everything you just saying earlier, Jim, about you got to win these games against these sort of mediocre teams. And I'm thinking, oh God, are they going to blow another one? But they, uh, that was this was one where I just saw a lot of grit from the team. They held on. Another switch of goalies on this one. Started with Jones. He gets pulled. Grubauer comes in. 
Grub led in one, but for the most part played pretty well in the short time he was in, and uh, they held on. Yeah, I got to admit, I, I didn't see all of the game. I was stuck in a meeting, but I did get home and took in the second half for the most part. Um, they looked pretty good. Uh, I'm getting a little tired of the back and forth battles. I don't like that. It usually equates to, you know, running gun and and giving up the puck a lot and things like this. Um, it's a little scary when, because that's not Haxel's system. Shouldn't even allow that the way it's supposed to be played. Um but, it, you know, it was nice to see Bjorkstrand get going again. He's been a little bit dry, it seems like. Um, and Schwartz, he's continuing his, what I'm going to go ahead and call it a little bit of a hot spell for him. Because you remember, he was injured there for a while. He, you know, he's, he was hot before, injured, took a little while to come back. And so it's nice to see him producing because he needs to produce. Um, power play, one for five. I just... It's, it's a, you got to win them. You're right. Um, I noticed that Detroit had a ton of hits, like 38 hits, which usually indicates you're chasing the play a lot. So you're just getting guys out of position and taking the body. Uh, a lot of times that happens. And of course, Jones, another couple softies and grew comes in to do what he's supposed to do. So the backups or whoever is, are taking care of business when they need to right now. Uh, and that's what I think Haxel's going to do He's it's not so much going to run, what you know we call the hot tender he's just going to run who he feels deserves to play the nice game straight up and that's kind of mediocre situation right now yeah yeah the the four checking uh by the kraken has been pretty decent um and when they try to pass it back up to the line try to get some sort of offense going it seems that those other teams are four checking just a little bit better you know, and they're not, we're not able to get a, a lot. They're dumping that puck off. And that's where you're getting that back and forth, like you were talking about. And yeah, that's frustrating. But the hits in that game, Detroit was shelling them out. I remember, uh, boy, I, I want to say, I think we had 11 hits and they were pushing 30 hits already. It was just completely lopsided for a while. The third period, they really came through and started dishing a few out. But uh, that that pull from Grubauer, I can't remember the last time I've seen uh, uh, or uh, Jones, I apologize, get pulled in the middle of a game while the game's tied. Now, I, I was listening to the game, so I couldn't see the goals. I didn't see if they were really all Jones or what was going on there. But uh, I can't remember the last time I've seen a goalie halfway through with a tie game get pulled and they brought Gubrauer in and he was, he was doing pretty good for a while there. But sometimes that's well, it was, it was the energy. There could have been some ding up. There could be all well, kinds of things we don't even know. But, well, it was, you know, he, he, he did have a soft situation in the first. So that third goal was scored early in the second and that's Haxel saying, all right, screw this. It, it's a shakeup situation, right? He, it's early in the second all right, I've seen two softies already. Let's not let this get carried away. Actually, I'm glad he does that kind of shit. I, most guys, most coaches, like when I'm watching a game, any game, I'll always like say it maybe one before them because you know it's getting questionable. And if they wait two, then I'm really like, what the hell are you doing? You know. But I, I thought that was pretty good. He did that the other game. He's done that the last few, so that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Grubauer and pulled him and put Jonesy in. Yeah. 
Well, it, it helped on that just, one. You're talking about the hits on and Detroit, you know, about from Detroit and their physical team. Uh, there was a little discipline problem with Detroit too. I mean, Maurice uh, Cedar uh, slashed Jaden Schwartz in the overtime, and so Kraken got a power play and took took advantage of it. So that was mm. that was a good thing. But other than that, it was it was a very even game. Um, and I agree with Jim. Yeah, just sometimes you just know that energy or something's off with your goal. It is a lot of coaches will recognize that, and it's like okay. It doesn't have to be six to nothing for you to, to pull it. Right. No, right. you know, most of the time it's always just a shakeup, but, but generally a shakeup is going to come anyway after at least one softy. But if, if there's some succession in goals and, and you're just falling apart, it's, it's like an extended timeout and just, just let's restart here, you know, but I got to admit, yeah. uh, I got to tell you though, Detroit, <laughs> they're a young club and these guys are going to be good. Um, they know what they're doing there. Eiserman and everybody or you know, just, they've done a lot of great drafting. They, you know, they went, what did they win? 26 in a row burst to the playoffs, set records and everything. And then they were in the lull there forever on the finally, finally rebuilding and, and drafting. But yeah, I think it's been going like to be really good. Years, six or seven years, six years, I think since they were in the West in the playoffs. So that's quite a drought. Yeah. But man, they're, they're going to be good. It's just, they're young. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, coming up uh, after this recording, as we record, this is just before the Columbus game. So a couple of road games, Columbus, Colorado, home games against Anaheim and Ottawa. I'm going to be at the Anaheim game. Jim, I think you're at the Ottawa game, right? So uh, we'll get. To I see am. Them. And I believe that's uh, Tanab's bobblehead. Oh, well, there you go. Grab, grab yeah. some of those. There you go. More, more, of course, more I'm going to have to, right? More, more more toys more hockey toys here all right uh more mantle yeah more things for your mantle there uh that's great well so the kraken continue to be in the mix moving back and forth between you know wild card spot to the second or third place slot in pacific division standings the crazy close race in the western conference it all continues to be bunched up there and uh you know really we've got you know vegas Los Angeles, Seattle, Edmonton, Winnipeg, you know, uh, also uh, Dallas, Minnesota, and Colorado, all there. But the, this this couple of teams, one in particular, just sort of in the bubble there, Calgary and Nashville, maybe if Nashville get on a, on a roll, which they haven't really much, so I'm, I'm not as worried about them. But Calgary's still sort of hanging around a little bit. They've been a very inconsistent team, arguably maybe a little on the disappointing side of things. But uh, the Kraken, as we record this, are uh, let's see, what are they? The seven points up on Calgary on on that, so that's that's good. It gives them a little bit of breathing space, despite you know them losing a number of games and having some sloppy games here and there. The other teams sort of are too, so they we don't uh, nobody nobody's uh, you know on a huge roll. Vegas is there's seven. Seven, one, and two as of this recording in the in the last ten, but everybody else is kind of five hundred. So, you know, it, it, yeah. it, it take advantage of it, right? I mean, you know, Vegas and Dallas been pretty much hanging out at the top of their respective divisions, and you know, Colorado finally made the move. They're getting healthy. They got their forwards back, but they did. Um, McCarr is still out with that concussion, and he's huge on that team. So to see them climb, because they were a slow starter this year, for sure. I, I'm worried about them overall. Um, Calgary, you're right. I, I think we're all wondering what the hell went on there, at least my friends that are Calgary fans. Um, 
And in Edmonton, I don't know, you know, there's such a Jekyll and Hyde club. If it weren't for, I mean, look at that. They're plus 31. They're the highest in the Pacific. And that's all because of McDavid, obviously. Um, but this is going to be weird, man. This is going to be right down. It already, I hate looking at it every night, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's going to be, I don't know, man. We'll see, but you cannot. Right wire. I mean, at other... least as far as seeding, I mean, maybe the Kraken are a good lock for the, this is arguable. I mean, you know, it depends on, there's a lot of games left and so a lot can happen, but they're in a good position for a playoff. Oh, that, that's no question. obviously true, but where they end up on the seeding. Okay. Toss- yeah, I know, but the, the, the jacked up thing is, is like, if you, you, you truly can't afford to lose. And if you lose two in a row, it's like, oh my God, what are we going to do here? You know, it's just, it's crazy. So what do we got? 20, uh, 20 games left, roughly something like that. Yeah. I mean, geez, that's crazy, isn't it? And then you go over to the East and it's like, what the hell? <laughs> the East that's, is that's nuts. Yeah. The East is sort of so like, well, as far as like what, what teams are in, I suppose, well, gee, Buffalo just lost. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I mean, come on. It's, you really have it. I mean, granted Buffalo and, and Ottawa aren't and Florida aren't technically out of it, but they're, and even Washington, although Washington traded some players, uh, we'll, we'll, Get to about the trades in a sec. Yeah, that one, that, that one's a, a little more set, arguably. I mean, God, Boston right. said Nathan over Come 100 on. points. Uh, well, they set, a record. Carolina they set a record. Carolina is strong, too. They set a record tonight. Fastest to 100 points. They beat the, the Habs at 76, 77. I mean, that's crazy. And then we'll look at the goal differential. It's stupid. 103 plus Toronto 47. Think about that. Yeah, I don't that's a, an absolute that. wagon. Montreal negative forty nine. <laughs> Just pull the that's bus over. Thank you, man. That's so awesome. Thanks yeah. for bringing that up, Nathan. We <laughs> love you, yeah. man. Hey, you just put us even in a better mood. Uh, well, here they, they, you were saying, you know, about some of the trades, and some trades don't do much. Sure, you never know. I mean, obviously, the general managers hope it does, but. To me, in my mind, you know, Bruins, uh, New York Rangers, and the Leafs have been particularly aggressive to, to to go and win it. I, you know, I guess the Devils made some, you know, there've been some other trade notable trades, but those were the three teams that I thought picked up the most notable guys. I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, Boston, Orlov, Hathaway, Bertuzzi today. Or yesterday, whenever that was. But Orlov alone has stepped right in. Three goals already in, in like, no games, hardly at all. Um, the Oilers have made some moves here. Uh, they took right. Ekman, which, you know, neither defenses are weak. They picked up Ekman. They brought in Bukestad, which is a great pick there. Because a lot of people are thinking he's going to go to several teams. Of course, the Rangers bringing in Kane, like you said. Uh, he gets to work with Panarin again. That's back in the Chicago early days. Um Vegas has done some weird shit, you know, with uh, Barbashev, which is a good, and then they picked up quick because they've got some questionable goaltending things going on right now and they need some backup, but that is a weird one. Of course, quick didn't want to be in CBJ either. It sounds like, (laughs) um, hurricanes. I'm a little worried about because, you know, they're a strong club and frankly, I struggle with them. 
they've made some moves. They got got to spear and then a player I like that's had a rough go of it in the last couple of years in Edmonton, uh, Pulley RV. Uh, we'll see. I think that's, I'm guessing, I bet you that's going to rekindle his, get his career going again. Cause that guy's been kind of quiet. Um, and the Leafs of course have done the big deals. They've done a lot. Of, they got a lot of big players they brought in. That's huge. Right they're, they're going for every, they're going for, well, yeah. And then uh, Shen, they got Shen. Shen yep. they're, they're going for it, man. They, Cause they have to, they know they have to. Because and the Bo- Tampa- Boston Bruins are like so dominant, and the Boston talk about embarrassment of riches there. You know, Hathaway, Orlov, Tyler Bertuzzi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah they, it's gonna be it's gonna be amazing. And then Tampa Bay's made some good moves, although it seems like it's cost them a lot of players and picks. Like t- uh, Tanner Janot, I feel like they overpaid for all of that. And then of course the Devils are gonna make their run with Timo Meyer, who gave up a lot of stuff on that one as well. So all the powerhouses, for the most part, are spending and and getting her, you know, getting her done, making a big time push here. So Seattle stayed well, quiet, totally. and I'm not surprised. Are you? No, I'm not. I mean, why? Blow? Although I kind of thought maybe they'd do one move or something. I, I wasn't sure because this is a you know, yeah, know started territory with Francis and this team. Uh, I agree. I mean, maybe one, but I'm not surprised at all because of how he's going to build an expansion club. Um, it wouldn't have been a big name. You're not going to blow it all on, you know, on something and, and, and give up too much. It's not like you've got to push to the cup just to get in, I hope. Right. So I'm not surprised. Um, it's not over though, but soon it's over. <laughs> well, as, as we're recording this about nine o'clock, Tonight, Max Domi's going to Dallas. We've got a couple Dallas games back to backers uh, coming up. I did hear some rumblings a little bit of uh, still a little bit of interest from Seattle on Klingberg, but you know, his stock was way higher last year than it is this year. So he's kind of in a weird situation. If you could work some magical deal, maybe to shore up some D situation, but his stock really dropped off when he didn't get picked up last year. So yeah. I don't know. Um, that's about all I'm hearing on the wire these days. It's the same as everybody else, but it's been one of the most active years for sure, especially in the last, I'd say three days. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Or like uh, contracts being extended and all that pasta with, the eight-year, $90 million contract. Beautiful contract, by the way, by Donnie. Yeah. That yeah. is, that's under what I thought by maybe, I thought he'd come plus 12 something. But if you look at the breakdown, really? you know, the breakdown is 13 and then it drops. But yeah, I thought it was a deal. Of course, there's, there's a ton of bonuses in there. Yeah, it's 11.2. Yeah. And that's, that's, I kept on thinking it's going to be 12. It's going to be, you know, top five player in the world type of thing. I'm happy with it. The the Boston fan base is happy with it. You know, yeah. they've been want they've been wanting that for a while. And um, I think it's fair. I'm <laughs> Donnie's Donnie gets a lot of love and hate over there as a GM, but I tell you what, if you look at his history and past deals, he does pretty well. Oh, somebody posted, I don't have it in front of me, actually, the, yeah, Don Sweeney was talking about, uh, he, it was like who he gave up, 
one of them being Ryan Donato, actually, our own from the Seattle Kraken, and who he got, you know, all the people he let go, go or picks and everything, and, and the riches that he got, it it, it looks really smart. He's, yes. he's done in the big picture. Yes, I've big picture. Out well. I agree. I mean, we can pick it apart over the years, you know, obviously, if you go back 10 or whatever, but I mean, do that with any club, right? Same with drafting. It's like, you know, remember how people, so many people put so much chatter into the 2015, 16 draft with the whole passing up Matthew Barzell crap. I'm like, all right, where are we now? You know, DeBrus looks pretty good as a game winner. And uh, Matthew Barzell is just kind of Matthew Barzell on doing his thing. But, you know, look at, look, listen. I remember the year Pasta got drafted. He got drafted number 25 in the first round. Other than scouts, most people like me and other people were pulling out, you know, notes through hockeyprospects.com trying to get some information on Pasta. I know it's still a first rounder, but it's 25, 25 deep. How many people were picked before him? You know? So, I mean, it's a great later round pick and, he was off some of the peop people's radars, some of the scouts' radars. So it's been great, man. Well, that's the thing. We can't judge Ron Francis right now. You know, it will depend no. on a handful of years. Nice. I mean, if you end up being a really competitive playoff team by game, excuse me, by year two, that's amazing in the history of expansion franchises. There, you know, all those few people. We don't most of whom didn't know what they were talking about, expecting them to be another Vegas. Okay, obviously they weren't going to be that. And you know, in the year one, it was a little disappointing last year. They we I think we all felt they should have done better, but we weren't we weren't expecting this for this year. So, you know, so far he's looking great, but it really is a big picture. Let's see what happens with the picks and salary cap and management. And maybe they pick up a bunch of people next year. Maybe, maybe some. Maybe some goalies out there. I don't know. Maybe I was getting frustrated <laughs> about our goalies. weren't bad, but uh, gee, sometimes I I get jealous of some other teams and, and their goalies. I can't help it. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, let's just get to the playoffs, hopefully, and see what happens here with that. Yeah, because they have to play the game, right? And you know, so what? You can get all these guys in trades and there's no guarantees. So, Hey, speaking of goalie guys, Chris Drieg is back. Uh, sort of, uh, obviously there was no room for him on the Kraken squad at the moment. Uh, he went on waivers, did not get picked up. Understandably. So he's a lot of money and been a little dinged up, but he's back playing. They moved him down to Coachella, uh, splitting time with Joey Decord down there, and he's played two games. He won one and lost one. So, anyway, he's kind of getting back on the horse. So, nice to see him up there. We may see him back in Seattle next year. Who knows? So, Yeah, it's still a weird tender situation here. Um, I just don't know. I mean, Jonesy's – there's probably Jonesy's, Jonesy's going to go next year. So, But, yeah, I mean, he, at least he's back getting some tune-up and stuff but you know how i felt about the world championships and i think they should just abolish that whole tournament because it's a waste um and that's where he got hurt yeah really badly hurt jeez i mean here we are in the early march and he's just coming back or he came back you know late late february so uh anyway but hopefully he does well we wish him the best and be good to see him back 
Uh, speaking of the guys who had been out and injured, Andre Burakovsky is still out. We're not sure how much longer, but he's still out. So there's been a bit of a rotation of Coachella guys coming up. We saw Hayden. Uh, Jesper Froden uh, has been getting some time, though, and he got got an assist the other night. I think he was a healthy – I think he was a scratch on the Red Wings game. But nice to see him. He's he's made some nice plays out there, I think. Don't you guys think? Um, I watched the first – I think I was at the first game he was at. It's all right. I mean, I was really isolated on his skating. He has good edge work and everything. He's a bit small. He's a smallish player. Um, I he kind of skates like Tolvi. He kind of reminds me of Tolvi a bit, but he doesn't have the shot. Um, you know, you just never know with these guys coming up from the A. I don't know. I think it'll just be an AHLer for the most part, uh, regardless of his point production. But you know what? We have to build that roster down there. We have to keep loading players that we draft because uh, all these other clubs in the NHL, all 31 of them have a big roster to choose from, and we're just building right now. So we'll see. Um, like I said, he looked all right, but I, I don't think he's going to stick. I think they'll rotate a few. No, in, I, know. I don't think he's going to stick. Yeah, obviously, you know, second Andre comes back, somebody's going down. Um I guess I just right. like to see these guys get a chance from time to time. It helps. Yeah. It helps their career, well, helps all that, because you're just getting some playing time. Because, I mean, we've seen a lot of, I mean, this is on a, a higher level, but I was thinking of this the other day, or actually while I was watching the Detroit game. You know, when I look at Ryan Donato, for instance, and Jared McCann, they've both been in the league quite a few years. I mean, they're not super old guys, but I mean, they've, they've had quite a bit of experience. And without having the stats in front of me, but I don't need the stats. I've looked at the stats in the past and just from my own eyes. Those are two guys that have been kicking around, not making big names for themselves. They have a careers, but not, nothing amazing. And they're playing the best hockey of their career, both of those guys. And we can point to other guys too. It takes time for some. Some guys aren't going to be Maddie Beneers off the bat, obviously. Uh, and so it's interesting to see some of these guys just get a little more opportunity when they're a little bit more in the spotlight. And, and that's, what's fascinating to see who's going to, who's going to sink or swim, right. Who's going to, who's going to really sort of step it up when they do get that chance. So um, yeah, I just like to see, you know, maybe not as much this time of the year, because we're going for playoffs and we need our best players, but sprinkling in a little bit of time for some of these youngsters, I, I, I think is a, a good thing in the big picture. It is. And, you know, there's a couple other factors, too. Besides getting a look-see at them, uh, you may be also show, showcasing them to other teams, uh, number one. But number two, you are going. we are going to lose two to maybe three forwards from this current roster in the offseason, maybe one D. So you got to keep a look-see. You know, there, some players are going to make some players disposable. And it's all part of the game. Yep. Who do you who do you have in mind? Do you think it might oh, not be around? Well, you've heard me say them over and over. Several of them. You know, it could be Donato. It could be Sprong. It could be Geeky. Um, those are names that continually on the bottom six. You know, do you? Huh? Oh yeah. Well, that's the D. Remember, I said D. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Well, no, yeah. I mean you're you're I'm gonna have at least those one guys day. that we I wouldn't I, I wouldn't bet money. I mean, they could be still with the team. It would neither would you surprise me, I guess is what I'm saying. Right. But you're gonna lose three to four of this roster come October. 
It's just the way it is. It happens on every club. And yeah. it's usually the bottom six or uh, top six that's ready to move on. But that's usually where your money comes in on the cap and you're able to replace that for, you know, that type of player. But I just keep an eye on Sprong. He's been dry lately. They brought him into the roster. You know, remember that one stat I brought up, I don't know how many shows ago, that his uh, goal production per 60 was like in the top five of the league with all the big names. I mean, that's, and he was only pull, pulling 10 minutes a game roughly or something like that. So he wasn't scoring all of a sudden. So he sits, he's healthy scratch. That's when they were bringing the other guys in. Um, and then they bring him back. And I think he had a, an apple or something on one of the games, but that's just going to happen. I mean, he could be that guy. And remember at the start of the year, everybody was like, Oh, you got to sign him. Well, no, they were doing it with both Donato saying, you remember you got to sign him. You got to sign him. And they did. It almost felt like fan pressure that got him signed, you know? And then that's kind of how Sprong situation was too. He comes in as a, you know, a tryout professor PTO and he does well. But when those guys get into, when they cool off a bit, they're the easiest to go. They're the easiest to let go. So those are the four names I keep bringing up in my head. And, you know, yeah. of course the fan base isn't going to be happy, but that's the most reasonable when you look at the roster type of guys, you know? Well, all those names that you just brought up, you know, those names in particular, they get hot. You, you, you hear from them quite a bit for two or three games and then it's, yeah, six kind or seven games, six or seven, eight games. You don't you're right. silent kind of streaky. Crick, I mean, just crickets. Yeah. And, but I mean, if you go up and down the goal column, you know, like when I, I played Mike's um, Sasquatch NHL first goal prediction game all the time. And I, I have a method and a formula where I look at it and try to predict who the first one's going to be to score. And I go down the goal column and I'll look at opponents and I'll sometimes do searches on, you know, what, how are they against this goaltender or whatever? And I'll make a pick. But a lot of times you look at Sprong, Donato, and they're up there in the 13, 14, 15 goal range, which is up there with a lot of the other guys. But when you break down their ice time, it's way down. So the production is pretty impressive for the minutes. But they're also the kind of guys that you tend to let go. You're already get, you're already cheap on a salary. Your entry level, you know, seven fifty to nine hundred thousand, right in that range. And you know, every team has those type of players, so you can move them around from team to team. But we hate to see them go. I know Chris does, and me too. So, but you never know who he, could be here. Yep. I think it's his longest stint. Yep, Donato's longest stint. I think it was two years in Boston, and then not quite two years in Minnesota, and then not quite year, two years in D, uh, San Jose. So. Mm -hmm. yeah it just seems like he's he's become another level from where he was oh no i agree that's it's been his best it's been his best stint in his career yeah mccann's a no-brainer i mean that guy was i mean i I don't dare i go ahead and say it he's kind of our bill carlson of the vegas golden knights even though carlson scored what 47 that first year but nobody was expecting that his you know he jumped from like I don't know what it was, 14, 15 goals to 47 on the expansion club. Well, McCann gets here, you know, I can't remember what his entry levels numbers were. And then he gets here and it's boom, 27. Now he's on pace for probably about 35-ish anyway. You know, he's at 29 right now, I believe. 
I was hoping he's going to get that that Hattie tonight. He had a couple extra chances, but it just didn't work out that way. And he wasn't selfish with the puck. You see that in overtime. You know, he could have he could have taken a couple of slappers from the top of that point, but he didn't. He passed it. It's so funny because I was in a meeting tonight and I saw the text from our producer to me saying, Hattie watch. And he knows I hate that term. I hate that term as much as shout out uh, during a game because when people start posting that Hattie watch after two goals, I'm like, the more you say that, the less they are actually going to get it. Most people don't get it. <laughs> anyway, so I, I came back with some snide comment to him or whatever. But um, <laughs> Hattie watch, let me get that out of here, man. I was wondering what you guys were talking about. <laughs> well, because he knew I just I just posted that stuff. And so he was just trying to get under my skin. So then being in the meeting I'm in, of course, I fire off my phone to see what who scored and what the score is, because I didn't even know. And I go, McCann, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, speaking of numbers, um, I did take a little note. Where did it go? I have it here somewhere. Oh, there it is. <laughs> I was watching the post-game presser tonight and uh Old Hacks is up there Tonight talking. being after the Detroit game. Yes, pardon me, everybody. After the Detroit game, I, I looked up and I saw the presser. And, of course, I got my cow counter out and I started counting. And Haxel knocked off 49 you knows. Yeah. In, in three minutes and 11 seconds <laughs> for an average of a you know every 3.89 seconds, guys. That is on world record pace. And he did it on a win. Normally he does it on a loss when he hits those high volumes. Good so for those, him. I know. So <laughs> man, he was on a roll, but he was on a happy roll. So that was good. I'll take that. I will too. <laughs> oh, wow. That I appreciate you going the extra mile, Jim, and getting those well, numbers up there. There you go. To, yeah, no. to be honest with you, to be honest with you, it's not an extra mile. I just enjoy it. That guy will stop me in my steps when I'm walking across the family room when I hear that. In fact, my wife was in the kitchen baking some fancy thing, and the volume was loud. It wasn't loud, loud, but it was loud enough for her to hear. And after a while, I go, <clears throat> I said something like, are you hearing this? And she goes, oh, you know. Just <laughs> so, so she's subconsciously countering in her head anyway. So it's amazing. Unbelievable. We didn't I have to hear the word opportunity. <laughs> opportunity. I am noticing uh, old check and, and JT uh, using chances a little bit more. Oh, I, stop. Somebody, I wonder if somebody said something to it, but the, there's only two words. It either goes to chance or opportunity. That's a whole other thing. That's on another counter, but nothing beats that is the nose of Hackstall. Nothing beats that. Yeah. No, it's top level. In I mean, fact, even, even a 19 year old young lady saying like, like, you know, like, 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 you know, <laughs> like somebody had something you, on YouTube the other day. This woman was saying like, like three times in every sentence. And that's, you know, that kind of thing has been going on for decades. But right. all you know, he, even beyond that. He did. He did pull a triple off the other day and it stopped me in my tracks big time i like looked at the tv sideways and i'm like what i think i rewound it too and i'm like how do you do a triple <laughs> i gotta find how, how's that oh, as a coach i don't know but he says you know you know all the time yeah. <laughs> all right we've milked that one 
We milked that one. All right. We milked a lot. This was a good, good episode, boys. There's a lot to talk about here. And uh, let's let's wrap that up for now. Thanks much, as always, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, folks, please keep in mind, if you haven't already joined us on Facebook, please do. Uh, or also on Twitter. We're at Cast Kraken. We're also on Instagram. We're on YouTube. Uh, this podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and our very own website, seattlecrackenfancast.com. We hope you'll consider also uh, supporting us on Patreon Financial Support Platform. We get a few people uh, helping us on that. We really appreciate it. You can find more information for that at patreon.com slash crackenfancast. That's a cool contributor thing for us to, to keep uh, doing what we're doing, and we're very grateful to all of our supporters. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with more game discussion news and uh, more more stuff. We're still waiting on some interviews. Sorry, I know I've been saying that for two or three interviews, but uh, two or three, excuse me, episodes that didn't have interviews, but we're trying to bring some back. So just trying to work out the scheduling. Uh, but thanks much, uh, as always, to my colleagues, Jim Cockrell and Nathan Gunderson. And a huge thanks to our producer, Daddy Jay Middleton. I'm Chris Porter. We thank you very much for tuning in. And always, as we say, go, go, go. Kraken. Kraken. Kraken.